guys, welcome back to Trust God Bro, the 12 days of Christ-centered mist, relishing and reflecting on the gospel. So I'm going to have to keep my voice a little bit quiet because um, I'm at a <laughs> an Airbnb and I just got back from a day of skiing and we'll, we'll be here for another couple days in Colorado and um, yeah, I'm trying to get this out at night before the next day comes around. But anyways, this is the sixth day, so I don't have... I don't have six geeses a lane for you, but I do have something that is more precious. And so today we're talking about um, the attribute of God and his justice. And at the end, I'll give some discussion questions for you or for a friend. So the verse I mentioned yesterday is Jeremiah 9, 23 through 24. And so again, this the background is that Israel turned from God and is in deep doo-doo. I mean, they're in exile. So this is like serious like starvation, destruction, and sadness. And so Jeremiah is preaching and they don't listen, but God still gives hope. So in the middle of like difficult indictments to the people of Israel, it's like very hard things to receive. God declares who his character is, and this is what he says about who he is in Jeremiah 9.23. It says, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I'm the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness for in the earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Perfect steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. This is the cornerstone of God and who he is. And you have to have both of these things. You have to have all of them. If you remove one, we, we don't have God. And so when you begin to understand God's love and justice equally, it becomes even more glorious of who his character is. And we often want to pit God's love against his justice. And we find this tension of like, God's love is not being preached enough. We need to turn up the notch like, hey, you know, we need a series on God's love or maybe less about sin. On, on the other side where it's all fire, doom, and the wrath of God, it's like, hey, we need a series about justice. Everyone is out here hating um and neglecting the love of God. And so you see how sometimes we can pit it against each other of like, oh, it's either love or justice. But in the center of God and who he is, both the the perfect love and justice of God meet together beautifully and um, together it is who God is. And so, so first of all, I think to say that justice is not love would be wrong because the, out of the heart of justice is God's heart for love. So imagine a world without justice. Crime would be happening without punishment. You know, babies would be pulled from their moms. Rape would be going rampant. And the worst horrors your heart could imagine would be going on. And when we're wronged, you can easily see God's justice is good. We want justice in our, in our deepest hearts. We, we want it. But when we investigate a righteous God, we find out that we are the ones that are actually in the wrong against God. And we're the ones who are in trouble. So to further illustrate this justice of God, for a moment, imagine that you have a child. Imagine that work. Um, imagine that you're a judge and that your child, um, Jimmy Jr., let's say his name is, stole a Lamborghini Aventador and he crashes it into the side of your favorite restaurant. Now you find Jimmy Jr. standing before you in court. He looks up and knows that you would not be a good judge if you did not give him what he deserved. Someone has to pay this million dollars. I mean, what kind of judge would just let things go unpunished? And see, that doesn't mean that you, the judge, would not be loving if you still gave him what he deserved and because you love him. In Exodus 34, 7, when God reveals himself, he says, Keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who by no means clear the guilty. 
And this is true. God will not leave sin unpunished. This is where we often think that God loves con- God's love contradicts his justice. But consider this, like, would you still love your child? And I would say to you, yes, you would still love your child while being a good judge. And we find in God, the, the perfect judge, that he is just out of his flowing heart for love. Without God's love, he would not be just. It is out of his heart for perfect love that we that we even have justice. A world with no ultimate justice would be scary and hopeless and for all humans, not just the murder victims, Holocaust victims, and trauma in the world, but for everyone. So in the exaltation of God's justice, we find ourselves in a hard spot. We ourselves have turned from the standard of God's righteousness. And he doesn't just stop at the things that we consider that are evil, but it holds to his standard to his name and his righteousness. And that's the standard that we're being um, judged by. So after all, God delights in practicing steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth, and we should delight in these things too. Here is our hope where God's love and justice meet. So on the cross, Jesus satisfied the wrath of God. Jesus took on our full debt and absorbed our penalty that we deserved in the court of God's justice. On the cross, there was a great exchange his perfect God-fearing life for my ugly God-hating life. Jesus suffered everything that I deserved. It's pretty much like in the courtroom, here I am, charged with grand theft auto and murder and a life sentence. Um, that's what I got. And Jesus stands up in the back of the courtroom and raises his hand. He's like, I'll take his place. I'll do it. And so it is like in the heart of Christ, we find the perfect balance of love and justice meeting together. And here we can stand before God through faith in Jesus. This is life that you would know Jesus. And what about those that resist the love of Christ? And that's a question that might come up. And those that spend their lives in rebellion to God. And the Bible says God's justice will be administered. God would not be loving if he did not let the guilty go unpunished. In Romans 2, 4, it says, Or do you presume that on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? So the position of the unrepentant soul is eternal torment. Daniel 12, 2 says, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. God's justice will be served at one of two places, either on the cross through Jesus or an eternity apart from God in hell. And this is a sobering reality that brings greater delight in God and a greater sorrow for sin, realizing the, the price that Jesus paid and the penalty um, that we deserved. Because the reality is Jesus fully absorbed the cost for our sin against an infinitely righteous God. If you are in Christ, you are in perfect peace with God. Jesus took it all. Find your rest and joy in that. <laughs> I don't think I did this episode justice. But um, I would love to hear anyone's thoughts on this and feel free to reach out to me uh, for some some discussion questions. Uh, First is, do you think of God's justice as generally good or bad? And the second is, have you ever earnestly wanted justice for yourself or for a friend? And what was that like? So in conclusion, thanks for listening to day six of the 12 days of Christ-centeredness, relishing and reflecting on the gospel of Christmas Advent. And so, yeah, I appreciate everyone tuning in. And thanks to my brother, Derek Grumbled, for this awesome intro and outro. Listen to his music by typing in Sounds from the Outside into Google and Bandcamp. And tomorrow we'll be talking about trusting God's mercy. So trust is justice, bro.